Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Pushed it right into the wrong basket. Davis and Looney both having a little laugh about that. Oh, Davis. A burr in the saddle as he goes strong. Shot clock is off. Warriors down three. Curry double team. Jordan Poole lets it fly. No. Long rebound to Schroeder. Clock ticks. And finally a whistle comes. Been used a lot. This one is swung on, hit to right. It's deep. Verdugo back. Warning track. Gone! Another home run for Reynolds. His second home run tonight. And the Pirates lead it 7-5 on Reynolds' third home run this year. Yeah, not good floor balance by Phoenix, but great recognition by Jokic there. Chris Paul limping into the locker room. We'll get an update for you as quickly as we can. Over the first 28 games, this is hit well to deep left center field off the bat of Duran, and it's gone. They've had it rolling lately, and the Rangers take the lead. For Jordan Love, 37, here he is throwing in the middle, it's caught by Watson, he's got great speed, turning the corner, Christian Watson down the sideline, and he will score! Whoa! Hang on! For the lead... One point game. Knicks in front. Randall backing in. Off the double team. Jumper Hart. Splash! Difference of two seconds. Game clock and shot clock. Harden sizing up Harper. It's a three. Good! Oh, Harden's got 45! Timeout, Boston! Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Wednesday, May 3rd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the Lakers, what was most impressive in the Game 1 victory, the Pirates, are you a believer? The Suns, who should, who should now start at point guard? Chris Paul, we'll have more on that in a minute. Uh, the Diamondbacks, what is uh, the pitching staff's biggest issue? Meanwhile, the Packers was extended Jordan Love, the right idea. The Knicks, why did they win game two? The Celtics, do they bounce back tonight? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday in moments of the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around Major League Baseball is Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. 9.30 interactive action at 6.02. 260-1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include some Diamondbacks and Rangers analysis from Tuesday night. Time pending, we'll get into some Suns 
and also some Cardinals uh, speculation. The daily, the daily DeAndre Hopkins speculation out there again yesterday afternoon. Meanwhile, final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup. Top by the NBA scoreboard and the latest line for some upcoming postseason games starting tonight. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will include a Lakers update with Harrison Fagan of Silver Screen and Roll. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, what was more impressive during the Lakers' Game 1 victory, building the 14-point lead or regrouping after blowing the lead? And Kayla has the early returns. 100% of the vote is on the regrouping after blowing the lead side of things. Oh, I thought this was a really good question. I still think it's a good question. It should be closer than this, folks. So I'm deploring you to work on it. Just kidding. But it would be nice if you did. All right. Uh, the Lakers blew the 14-point fourth quarter lead, but they regrouped to beat the Warriors 117-112 in Tuesday night's Game 1 at San Francisco. What adjustments are you expecting from the Lakers and Warriors in Game 2, which is Thursday night in San Francisco? Today's Twitter poll question, do you believe in the first place Pittsburgh Pirates? I haven't said that for a while. Uh, Kayla, what do we have here? Well, your favorite, we're in a hotly contested vote between yes and no with a 50-50 split. Okay, I feel much better about that. The 20-10 and 10 Pirates still lead the NL Central even after losing on Tuesday night at AL East leader Tampa. In addition to the Twitter poll, what else has stood out during the roughly the first month of the MLB season? Meanwhile, on the back to the local front we go, or on to the local front we go, uh, the Suns reportedly be without Chris Paul for at least a week. Uh, which, if accurate, would mean he's missed at least games three and four against uh, the Nuggets. So who should be the Suns' starting point guard without Chris Paul? Devin Booker as a starting point guard, or should it be Cameron Payne, who was obviously really not good at all on uh, Monday night in the Game 2 loss? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks blew a lead last night at Texas. Zach Gallen led 4-1 and left the game with a 4-3 lead, but the bullpen was ineffective in the eventual 6-4 loss at first place Texas. Uh, Which part of the Diamondbacks pitching staff is the bigger issue, the rotation or the bullpen? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Packers extended Jordan Love's contract, the one-year deal worth up to $22.5 million, including $13.5 million as far as a signing bonus, which is fully guaranteed. The Packers do the right thing, signing Jordan Love to a one-year contract extension. And also, today's last call, at least in the sports zone, for anything NFL draft, uh, any post-NFL draft discussion. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks avoided, uh, excuse me, not the Diamondbacks, the Knicks, close to the Diamondbacks, not really. The Knicks avoided disaster last night. Jalen Brunson and, Jay, and Jason Hart dusted off their Villanova championship pedigree 
and uh, led the way in uh, Tuesday night's decisive fourth quarter to deadlock their, deadlock their series against the Heat. The Heat without the ailing Jimmy Butler last night. So what stood out during the Knicks' 111-105 Game 2 win over the Heat? Meanwhile, the Celtics should be desperate tonight. Boston, mental no-shows throughout Monday night's Game 1 loss. That was the James Harden flashback performance for the Sixers. Uh, the Celtics expected to get another chance tonight against Philadelphia. We're expecting Joel Embiid not to play, even though he seemed to indicate yesterday that he may play tonight. So, uh, why have the Celtics played almost no defense in really seven games now this postseason against the Hawks and the Sixers? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is today's pipeline. We will get to all these uh, tremendous uh, topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around Major League Baseball with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. We're roughly a month into the season. I think it's a month tomorrow to be calendar-wise accurate. Who cares about that? We're roughly a month into the season. Uh, interesting stuff going on. Maybe a little more interesting than most Aprils. Maybe I've already said that in past Aprils, but seems to me there's a lot of uh, more interesting developments and surprising developments, good or bad, good and or bad for that matter. So we'll try to hit some of those with Zach in the next segment. Bottom of the hour, once again, made phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. We are roughly one month into the Major League Baseball season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always fun to have you on the show, so thanks for joining us. Let's start with the New York Yankees, the last place New York Yankees, which is something seldom said. More than a dozen different Yankees have already been on the injured list this year, including Judge and Stanton and Rodon and Severino. How concerned should the Yankees be at this still early stage of the season? Well, uh, I think there is some reason for concern because of the consistency of this problem. Uh, the Yankees have invested in a lot of very good players, but almost all of them have a history of injury problems, which is 
a pretty good predictor of future injury problems. You know, we've seen John Carlos Stanton have health issues almost every season. We've, you know, DJ LeMahieu isn't hurt right now, but he has been hurt previous seasons. Carlos Rodon has not yet pitched for the Yankees. Uh, he was their big offseason signing. Josh Donaldson is 37. You can just predict that he's going to have some injury problems. And obviously, the big one right now is Aaron Judge. He's already, well, I think as of today, he will miss more games than he missed all of last season. And if you remember, at mm. times, he was keeping their offense afloat for huge stretches of the 2022 season when they were a very good team cumulatively, but had some moments where the offense was in a funk. And right now, you are seeing the Yankees, uh, without Aaron Judge, really flail on offense. Uh, they, they managed to win a game against the, the Guardians last night. But there, there are some real questions about where the runs are going to come from with Judge out. Bryce Harper uh, made his 2023 debut on Tuesday night, back from the Tommy John surgery from last November. He was uh, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts against uh, Julio Urias, most of that last night in the 13 to 1 loss to the Dodgers. Is it too much to ask for Harper to turn around the 15 and 15 Phillies? <laughs> I think the Phillies have. You know, they, they started off worse than 500, to be honest. So uh, th- I guess this counts is turning around a little bit. But uh, I, you know, it's obviously great for the Phillies that Harper is back. He, uh, he cannot play the outfield yet, still rehabbing that elbow a little bit. But coming back at record speed from Tommy John to rejoin the lineup should help, uh, assuming he, you know, does go over for every night. Not really worried about that. Uh, I think the Phillies are very much within touch of the rest of the NL race. So I wouldn't be too concerned yet. I, I would just say that they're getting a lot of contributions from Brandon Marsh playing way above the level that we have expected. Uh, and Harper is going to help kind of stabilize the lineup. But I, I think there are questions as to how much better they can be uh, as a lineup. They really need everyone to get going at the same time and, get some of the pitching on track that they've had some key injuries there too so that's a really tough division but uh, i would expect they're going to overtake the marlins and kind of stay more in the range with the Mets and the braves than they have been recently okay let's keep it in the state of pennsylvania here are we believers in the 20 and 10 first place pittsburgh pirates and were you surprised they uh, signed brian reynolds to the long-term contract yeah, man, it's a great time to be a Pittsburgh fan, which is not a thing that anyone has said in a long time. Uh, I don't know that I believe in the full, you know, winning 66% of their games and being in first place version of the Pirates, but I, I do believe in real reason for optimism. Uh, this is kind of like last year's Orioles, where you saw the young pieces start to show up, get some mentorship from some good veterans, and they're really starting to put the talent together in a way that wins major league games. Do I think they're going to keep it going all summer long and win the division? I would still bet against that, but I, I think you can take real, real promise away from this stretch for Pittsburgh. They're, they're getting like Jack Sawinski looks like a big leaguer that people didn't necessarily see coming. They're, they're getting good contributions from young starting pitchers like Rwandi Contreras, Johan Oviedo, a lot of guys they traded for as part of their rebuild. And, of course, they're getting mentorship from Andrew McCutcheon. He's back in Pittsburgh, Rich Hill, Carlos Santana. Uh, Rodolfo Castro looks like a real piece in the infield. So 
I think you can look at Pittsburgh and say, okay, this is a competitive team, and that's a huge step forward regardless of exactly how it plays out. And I think the Brian Reynolds extension is just an outcropping of that. That is both Brian Reynolds and the Pirates front office saying, okay, we're close enough to winning to where it makes sense for us to keep a current star-level player for the next, I think it's a seven-year, eight-year deal to make sure we have this competitive window fully open. And so I, I don't think there's uh, even if they come back to earth and play more like a 500 team, all, all smiles in Pittsburgh. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports currently in the sports zone. The Diamondbacks, 16 and 14, just five and five in the last 10, including, uh, including a rare loss last night in the Zach Gallon start. Uh, you know, they head into today's game against Texas, uh, just a couple hours here. How good are the Diamondbacks? I think, you know, they surged out to a good start uh, and have fallen back a little bit. And I, I think we're starting to see kind of where they're at. They're a bit of an uneven team with reasons to believe. So they're a young team and they're doing a lot on the bases. They're using their athleticism a lot. And I think that's very promising. Obviously, Corbin Carroll uh, is the centerpiece of this whole thing on the lineup side and what they're suffering from a little bit is just the back of the roster isn't as high level as top of the roster you know zach gallon is a very legitimate Cy young contender he had a scoreless streak until uh, last night's start uh just real star power at the top and on the bottom side of the roster they're still sort of breaking in pieces they they had to send jake mccarthy down who looks like a a real starting outfielder last year and then didn't look so much like that this year they're trying to mix in emmanuel rivero with josh rojas struggling a little bit there's a lot of sorting out still happening uh, on the fringes and so i think 500 is a decent place to be for them right now uh we're about to see brandon fox for the first time and if they start to bring up these minor leaguers and integrate them and find the ones who are ready to succeed in the majors maybe they can take a step forward in the second half uh, toward competition but i think if you're looking for the real d-backs it is that mix right now of okay we're sure that zach allen corbin carroll some of these other guys are real top level talent and we're trying to find the rest of the pieces around them and tread water until that's done thought starting today's game in uh, less than two hours at texas uh, let's stay in the National League West. Uh, the Dodgers and Padres are also just above 500. I'm going to force you to pick here. We're not going to hold this to you, but at least for you know one day. Uh, which team do you have uh, more questions about, the Dodgers or the Padres? You know, it feels unbelievable to say this, but I, I think I have more questions about the Padres, despite the, the spending spree and I mean, it always seems like they have more roster spots than everyone else in baseball with the way they acquire players. But I think they're back again in this sort of weird spot where they're stars and scrubs and the stars are not all performing. And so you end up with a kind of wildly swinging team. Uh, Juan Soto has not hit well since he became a Padre. It it seems to be a swing issue. It's not that his plate discipline, which is what he's famous for, he has not you know, fallen down on that. It's, his swing is not producing the same sort of contact that he's used to. Uh, and the Padres, you know, I'm sure they're trying, but they have not helped him fix it yet, uh, which is 
kind of one way that the top organizations like the Dodgers stay ahead is by coaching and developing players uh, effectively. The other part that worries me with San Diego is just that they have a glut of pitchers who they seemingly sign to be starters, who they're kind of flexing back and forth between the bullpen. But some of the guys that they have stuck in the bullpen now are performing better than, say, Blake Snell, who is in the rotation and kind of hard to see him not being in the rotation. So they've got some questions for the manager, Bob Melvin, there to work out. And with Fernando Tatis Jr. back, ideally for them, he is fully healthy and gets back rolling. But at least for the moment, there's you know health issues with him, swing issues with Soto. There's just all, Manny Machado has not hit that well yet. It's it's really difficult to uh, look at the Padres and not come away with a whole bunch of questions. Where the Dodgers have kind of meandered through a really tough stretch of injuries and are still you know, 18 and 13 and leading the division. The Diamondbacks, as I mentioned, in less than two hours with the Mound play the Rangers. How do you evaluate the Rangers? They certainly, uh, you know, their lineup, they've got a bunch of dudes that have got numbers so far this season. They play some pretty good defense, but they're without the injured Jacob deGrom, unfortunately, again. And Corey Seager has been out for several games and weeks now. Yeah, this is the real risk, especially with signing DeGrom, and certainly it was a risk with signing Seager, too, who has often dealt with nagging injuries. Uh, I, I'm pretty optimistic about the Rangers now. I, I will say I came in pretty skeptical of uh, this Rangers team just because it felt like they had added a lot of the stars and there wasn't a lot of evidence that they had the young players coming to fully support a contender yet. I, I like what they've done in the lineup. Like you said, there are several you know, non-free agent signings, uh, homegrown players who have really come on and, and look solid this year. Josh Young, a rookie third baseman, looks very comfortable at the plate, and maybe there's some adjustments to be made against him still, but I, I think they should be very happy with what he's done so far. Adolis Garcia, who was sort of a player that got time during their rebuild and proved himself to be a major league player, uh, really has taken a step forward uh, with his plate discipline and maturity of his approach. So now you've got a player with power and speed who is also displaying some patience, and that that could be a really big development. I would not be surprised if his numbers actually go up from where they are right now. So uh, Jonah Heim and, and Nathaniel Lowe also playing well. So I like the lineup. A lot of this is still going to come down to the health of both DeGrom and the several other veteran pitchers they signed as free agents, Nathan Evaldi, Andrew Heaney, uh, Martin Perez. All of them have some level of injury risk, and they can't afford to lose a lot of them at once. The Rays, uh, another first-place team, but they have lost starting pitcher Jeffrey Springs for the season. Closer Pete Fairbanks is out for at least a little while. How much of the Rays' hot status because of the uh, soft early season schedule and a schedule that gets much more difficult in May, I will add? Yeah, I, you know, you can't really look past the teams that they demolished in that early winning streak. It was a, it was a bad row of teams. Uh, I do think the Rays are legitimately a very good team. The issue for them, like you referenced, is that some of their key pieces, especially on the pitching side, are hurt right now. Tyler Glass now is still not back from a uh, spring oblique injury. Uh, he would be a big boost if he comes back, but 
they're going to be mixing and matching. Last night they rolled out an opener, Javi Guerra, who it didn't really work, although they escaped unscathed and, and won the game. So it's going to take some doing uh, with the shuffling of the roster, and they're not going to be playing at this pace. But they've built such a good lead. I mean, they're three and a half up on the Orioles, who, if the Rays didn't exist, we would be talking about just like the Pirates as a huge positive That's surprise. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Orioles are 20 and 9. The, the Blue Jays, who I think are playing, you know, well uh, and would be leading several divisions, are 18 and 12, but that's six games behind the Rays. So they have some cushion, and I, I do think that the, the lineup has been so good and has shown some really sticky, positive developments that uh, they can afford a little bit of uh, drop-down. It's just you can't keep losing your best pitchers for the whole season. So hopefully they can keep a lot of them healthy and and show us how exactly how good this team could be after such a hot start. Going around Major League Baseball, Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. St. Louis has been really, a, I think, a model franchise uh, with least consistent success for several years. Right now they're 10-20, and 20, last in the NL Central. Um, do, do they? And sometimes they seem kind of clueless as to what's going on here. What's going on in St. Louis? Uh, I don't know. I think I may have jinxed them. Last July, I wrote a story about how the Cardinals will never be bad again with the, the premise <laughs> of, you know, they just keep developing players who aren't even supposed to be good and show up and are good. And, of course, you know, this year they look kind of bad. Uh, I, it's a really perfect storm of things that just never seems to hit the Cardinals, but it has hit them this year. And they came into the year with big questions about the pitching staff. The, the rotation was not very good. They didn't do a lot to address it. So I think it was very reasonable to expect, okay, maybe the rotation's going to have some growing pain and they're going to have to deal with that. That has happened, but also the lineup, which everyone, I think, you know, with good reason, thought would be excellent, has not been. There's, you know, some guys are just in a slump. Nolan Arenado, he'll be fine, but he's in a slump. But the problem the Cardinals are having is they had this huge glut of outfielders, young outfielders, young players that they were kind of trying to sort through and find the best contributors and plug them in. And it has not gone that well. Uh, Jordan Walker, their top prospect, made the roster for opening day and initially hit very well. But then his offense dropped off. And I think maybe more concerningly, he just was not ready to play the outfield defensively. He had been a third baseman in the minors, and he was costing them runs in the outfield, so they sent him back to AAA. The rest of the replacements, though, has not exactly been lighting it up either, and one of them, Tyler O'Neill, got in a public spat with manager Ollie Marmol over a hustle play yeah. that Ollie Marmol said he didn't hustle in. So there's just a lot swirling around this team that is very uncharacteristic for the Cardinals, and it's getting... You know, they're 10 games back of the Pirates, eight and a half back of the Brewers. It's, it's getting a little dicey. The White Sox have won two in a row, but they had lost 10 straight before that. Maybe Tony La Russa was not the biggest problem. Maybe this is just a poorly constructed team. What do you think of that theory there? Uh, no, I'm totally with you. I, I can't really get over that. That's the, the logic is pretty unassailable. I, I think Tony La Russa wasn't helping. But new manager, Pedro Grifal, they really, I mean, I wrote about this uh, for Yahoo the other day. They really handed him a terrible roster to try to fit 
a team out of because they have, I would say, at least four hitters who they expect to be regulars because they're among the best hitters who just shouldn't play a defensive position. They cannot play right. defense. They should be DHs. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is a poor outfielder who often hurts himself when he does play the outfield, so that's a risk. Jake Berger is a stretched at third base where they really need him to play to get him in the lineup. He would be okay at first base. Andrew Vaughn, they've bounced around and finally have him at first base where I think he's okay but can't play any other positions. Gavin Sheets, uh, they ended up winning this game, but he went viral for dropping like a can of corn fly ball in left field. I think he should be playing either first base or DH. There's, there's just no good way to fit all of the hitters they want in a lineup in an actual lineup that you know requires real positions. And that's a tough spot. I, they're, they're certainly dealing with some injuries right now to Tim Anderson and Juan Moncada, but that's not enough to take a 9-21 and 21 team and make it competitive. They, they have just some serious construction flaws right now. Okay, last up here. The Angels are 16-14. and 14. That's okay. But am I crazy to wonder if this is just a team that has two studs and not much else? I, that's certainly been the situation for the past few years. I like what uh, GM Perry Manasian did this offseason in a pretty tough spot with uh, kind of floating questions about whether the team was about to be sold. He went out and got a lot of competent major leaguers, which is more than you could say for the past few teams in Anaheim. Uh, Brandon Drury, Gio Urshela, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Anderson in the rotation. Those are real major league players who should would start for most teams. So they've got a baseline, and honestly, they're – their performance run differential-wise says they should be a little bit better than they are, and I would expect they creep a little further uh, over 500, assuming health for most of those guys. It's just a matter of whether they can do enough to stay competitive for the trade deadline, which is going to be the story of baseball, is just if the Angels are in a position where the playoffs don't look likely in July – you have to at least consider trading Shohei Otani to avoid losing him for nothing in free agency. And, you know, optimistically, I'm going to say I think they do stay in playoff contention and keep him for the stretch run, but we've seen it go bust before. It went bust last May and June. As There have been some real, you know, struggles in Anaheim to keep the team afloat. And I, I think Perry Manasians did enough to, you know, avoid that sort of collapse this year, but if they are not in the race, they, they're going to have to think about trading Otani. Zach, we always appreciate it. Thanks for the time and all the knowledge. Thank you. Zach Kreiser, Yahoo Sports. Check out all his work. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, the Angels are, you know, probably I've asked this question annually as far as uh, just, you know, is it two studs and not much else? I do think that uh, you know they've, they've added more guys this offseason, so we'll see. be nice if they could ever develop some players, uh, some of their homegrown players, some of their drafted players. That has not worked out particularly well through several different regimes now in Anaheim, so we'll see if that happens. Meanwhile, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup for today including a little on the Diamondbacks uh, in the next segment. 
uh, definitely a little on the Suns to start with and time pending a little on the Cardinals. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time, 602-260-1060. We'll get your phone calls in just a couple of seconds. First up, I want to mention a couple of items here in the local roundup. The Suns, uh, the, Suns the betting market, reacted quickly uh, after uh, the Tuesday reports that Chris Paul will miss at least the next two games against the Nuggets. The, uh, the Suns issued what appeared to be a conservative approach via a statement saying that Paul was day-to-day with the groin injury that caused him to leave the Suns game two 97-87 loss at Denver. The Suns were leading 59-56 when Paul went down with the injury. Uh, the Suns, after media those uh, you know this the, the, the after the media reports, I should rephrase that. After the official you know the day-to-day prognosis or you know statement by the Suns, it was reported various places that he's going to miss at least the Friday night game. Uh, and uh, at that point, the point spread for that Friday night game went from five and a half down to three and a half, with obviously the Suns favored in the game. Or maybe not so obviously, but the Suns are favored in the game. Meanwhile, the never-ending DeAndre Hopkins stuff uh, continued on Tuesday. NFL Network's Tom Palacero reporting that Hopkins will not rework his 2023 contract, which without question makes him more difficult to trade. This uh, uh, that actually follows at least one weekend report that the Cardinals are not willing to pay some of Hopkins 2023 salary, uh, which I I'm not even sure that's legal as far as the salary cap goes. But that was a weekend report on ESPN. Meanwhile, the now 16 and 14 Diamondbacks are just five and five in their last 10 games. After last night's loss at Texas, we'll have more on this during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Uh, Today, in uh, just a couple of hours, within a couple of hours, they conclude the two-game series at first place, Texas. And uh, starting pitcher Brandon Fott, scheduled to make his much-anticipated ML debut in that game. Uh, The fantasy community is very excited about this. because seemingly any fantasy baseball manager at this point is seeking any pitcher that has like potential success in uh, this year's Major League Baseball season. It's been pretty brutal for a lot of, uh, myself included, uh, teams in fantasy leagues. Uh, pitching has been, uh, good pitching has been tough to find, quite frankly. And we thought we had it in some cases, and uh, we've had several key injuries to key starters earlier this season all right on to the phone lines we go matt and phoenix hi matt bob how you doing i'm hanging in there how about you good uh, about the same happy brandon fought day it's about time um i'm excited Hopefully it for is. the debut 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I think he's their best option in terms of trying to uh, put a guy out there who gives them a chance to win. So um, not not the easiest landing spot. Um, but... No, they're good. The Texas, they, those dudes are, as, as we found out last night, or Zach Gallon found out last night, Yeah, they really worked the count, and obviously that uh, had a lot to do with uh, you know Gallon's relatively early departure after five yeah. innings last night. Absolutely. I uh, wonder or probably think that that has a lot to do with Bruce Bochy. And, um, he's terrific. He's who I want the Mets to hire. Not that I'm not that I'm dissatisfied with Buck, but um, I was right. hoping it was Bochy. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit. Um, I know it's early. I know we're a, what, a, kind of a sixth of the way into the season. Um, but are we, and I know we haven't in terms of the postseason, but – Alex Cora gets the absolute most out of his players. I, yeah. mean, I thought the Red Sox would be horrific. Um, yep. Do we kind of underestimate how good he is? Yeah, it's the only team I bet under a total this year, and that's okay. not looking too smart right now. Um, and that's the only that's the reason that I almost didn't bet that okay. uh, is him. I mean, he's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Bochi and Showalter. You know, I think you can put Corey in there. He doesn't have quite the experience, yep. obviously, obviously, but you know, he certainly had a lot of success in a brief period of time. And you know, take out the you know off the field shenanigans that happened, whatever year that was, 2018, 17, whatever it was. But he's very good. Um, also, I think there's his staff deserves a lot of credit too because okay. they seem to do a. And not just the major league staff. This is they're the opposite of the Angels. Uh, they seem to develop players, um, yep. and some maybe not some of their top guys, but you know some guys that you're they Oddly never really enough, heard yeah. much about. Yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely different for Boston. Um, the Orioles. Are you buying in here? Um, I know we weren't fans last year, and I thought they did the right thing by selling um, a couple of guys. Um, their bullpen's been unbelievable, and those those can be really volatile. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on them long term? And do they try and use a lot of these pieces they have in the minors with a really good minor league system and, and buy some guys? And if so, are there any guys to buy come the deadline? That that well, that part I don't know. I don't know if okay. anybody knows that yet. Uh, the second part of that is up in the air. I think it's going to be a hot topic uh, throughout uh, maybe even June, but definitely in July for sure. Sure. I would not sell – I wouldn't I wouldn't go crazy here. Um, okay. I, I don't like their starting pitching at all. I don't either. Uh, you, you mentioned their bullpen, and they've been incredible, but how long – you know, they're overused because of the yeah. starting rotation. Correct. And yeah, I, I think they're like the most fun team in baseball to watch. They're in the, they're in the conversation as the most fun team because they're going to score runs and they steal bases and yeah. they play they pretty good defense. Too, well, that's true. They run they run the bases great, but uh, I think they put the most. They've got some really good defensive players and they've got some really not so good defensive players. So I'm not yeah. I'm I'm a little baffled, but I would be I do not see. Their current uh, group uh, destined for a long run okay. if they make the if they make the postseason. I thought Mitch Keller would be a guy that would be attractive to a lot of teams um, who I kind of liked the last couple of years who didn't 
pitch up to what I thought his stuff was, and and he's pitched really well for the Pirates, and who knows what the heck the yeah the Pirates not are happening do, now. They're not yeah. gonna get, they're not trading them now. <laughs> no, not at all. So, um, the Cardinals are a complete mess. I, I I heard your interview. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, do they have any guys that they would sell? I mean, this is this is bad, and I don't foresee it getting better in a division that we thought that that is better than we thought. I don't know who they would sell. Yeah, Flaherty doesn't Seriously. have any value, does he? No, he can't sell any of their pitchers. Um, yeah. And you know they got you know their position studs are under contract for big money, and you're not going to trade them. Their yeah, outfield Kirk, has been a disaster. So yeah, I, I thought they missed the boat. I thought uh, a Pablo Lopez for one of these outfielder trades a year ago would have made a lot of sense for both teams. Um, yeah. Not well, it's hard to argue. Issues, it's, hard. It's, hard. it's hard to argue with Miami did though, because Arias gets a hit like every at bat, uh, uh, and you know, and Lopez is hurt again. He's hurt right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so, um, so I'm you know, looks right, right now the Marlins look like the winners in that trade after a month. Yeah, I thought Tyler Malley would be a guy that would be available, but he's hurt. The Twins are in first place, so. Um, yeah, that's the first thing I did this morning was drop him for my fan, one of my fantasy okay. teams. In fact, uh, yeah, it's going to be so, really, uh, real interesting coming come the deadline. If there's any, if there are going to be teams that want to buy, but starting pitching, I, I I can't think of any guys, and it's unbelievable. I I, I don't remember a time where um, it's been this bad. And I know you talked about it from a fantasy perspective, but th- it's a mess. It, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Brandon Fott is uh, like the most picked up player in the planet in the last you know, week or so and, here and, since and it was speculated he was going to come up. But that's crazy. So yeah, at least I the agree. Mets are getting some starting pitchers back, but uh, they're 100 years old, so I'm interested to see how they pitch. Maybe the break will actually, maybe the time off will actually help them in the long term. Okay. And it's raining so, in Detroit as we speak. Oh, so hopefully the Mets hopefully are going to play 17 doubleheaders here upcoming. It's not going to be I great. know. Like so, tomorrow, I guess. Maybe if, they, yeah. if they don't get this thing today, to end today, they're going to play one tomorrow. Appreciate it. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Matt. All right. Next segment, we'll wrap up today's spectacular one hour edition of the Sports Zone. Stay tuned. The next two hours, it's the extra point. Hosted by Kalen, among other things, we will talk Lakers. Harrison Fagan will join us from Silver Screen and Roll. Good timing on that as the Lakers now. 15-4 and four in their last 19 games after their victory last night over the Warriors. So we'll get into that in some more detail. I'll have a little more on that uh, game and the, also the Knicks' victory last night over the Heat in the next segment. We'll get to some NL, uh, hopefully some NBA latest line info for uh, at least for tonight. Uh, the only one game tonight. And uh, the market's acting like Joel Embiid might actually play in this game, at least in the last hour or so. That's what it looks like. You're just looking at the, the number, and it's certainly come down. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Quick segment here. The Lakers were the better team in game one. 
on Tuesday night at San Francisco. The Lakers, as I mentioned previously, now 15-4 and in their last 19 games after last night's 117-112 victory over the Warriors. The Lakers led by as many as 14, 112-98, but the Warriors went on a 14-0 run to tie the game at 112, and then the Lakers scored the last five points of the game. More on this game in the next hour, so stay tuned for that. Also, the Villanova connection came through last night for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, a game-high 30 points. Jason Hart, nearly a triple-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. They both they both made huge plays in the fourth quarter of this game as the Knicks deadlocked the series against the Heat with a 111-105 victory. The Knicks outscoring the Heat 35-28 in that final quarter. Jimmy Butler didn't play. Julius Randle did come back and play. 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. He almost had a triple-double. He also missed like 5 or 6 shots right at the rim, or it could have been uh, less stress for the Knicks. Let's put it that way. Uh, Jimmy Butler not playing because of the ankle injury that he suffered in Game 1. Game three is not until Saturday, which should increase the chances of Butler's return. All right, quickly tonight in the NBA, Boston now down to a seven and a half point favorite in uh, most betting locations worldwide. This was at nine, and the opening line was nine. Went as high as ten. Joel Embiid, speculation was yesterday that he wasn't going to play. Uh, Then he kind of said some things yesterday after he won the MVP that he might play, and apparently he's saying today that he might play. Hence, the number has come down from 10 to 7.5 in most worldwide locations. All right, stay tuned. The Extra Point's coming up next with Caleb. Harrison Fagan will join us from Silver Screen and Roll. We'll talk about that Lakers game from last night, among other things. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.